0: Day on striving double feature presents Howling Two and Seven Two, a minute by minute podcast covering Howling Two and Howling Seven, or Howling New Moon Rising. Howling Two, your sister's a werewolf. Howling New Moon Rising, and we are on episode twenty-two. And I have said this before, but I'll say this again. This batch of episodes, like twenty-one, twenty-five, I'm trying to keep them kind of quicker than usual, sharper, more to the point, with with not as many uh, tangents we'll see how it goes we'll see if anyone likes it um but uh, maybe someone will maybe someone won't i don't know but we're we're, so so yeah we'll give that a shot on this one but let's hop into howling 2 real quick where were we oh a truck is pulling up alongside presumably ben's uh pulling up alongside the entrance to the cemetery and it is night listen to this this. Wanted a story? Let's go find it. Are you sure this is the way to the crypt? Alright, it's Ben and uh, Jenny arrive at the place. Ben has a huge shotgun. Uh, they arrive at the cemetery, I'm sorry, and uh, they find someone's already broken in. A chain has been, has been torn through or, or broken in, into... Well, broken. So someone got in, and they're creeping in, and, and um, we see them here and there. They're creeping uh, around inside the foresty um, cemetery. I hate to say that I don't really have much else to say about this. Um, I'm trying to think. I you know my um, my uh, stepdad passed recently. We went to um, see him, and he was cremated, and he has a he's in this cool sort of mausoleum type thing underground, and it's uh, in this nice cemetery in Rochester, New York and they um and there's a spot, yeah, for it's basically a spot like for uh uh him and my mom, and then my brother is right next to them, and there's like a little there's like a little if there's a little light on that flickering that means there's someone a soul inside. And I thought oh, that's pretty cool, because we're gonna find werewolves in here, but um. And what are you going to do? That's the kind of shit that happens in a werewolf movie. Yeah, so this, they arrive there and he's got his big old shotgun, hopefully with some t- titanium bullets in it. And there is a there is a nice shot when you hear that wolf howl. You see just a random shot of like a misty um, uh, woods. And um, it reminded me for a second of, and I brought this up before, the movie Scarecrows. Uh, from 88, where you see like in, in the opening credits, you see like shots, and throughout the movie you see like shots of the scarecrows, and you keep thinking I mean, they do come to life, but the ones you keep seeing, like, don't but you keep thinking, did that just move? Is that t- does that come to life? Oh my gosh, and it's great, and the, when you see that, you hear the howl and you kind of see Jenny's reaction and Then you see this great shot of just like woods with all the smoke floating around, and sort of for a split second I thought I saw a werewolf running towards him um, and I thought he better have a freaking titanium whatever the heck of bullet in there because that wolf could plow through that area and tear him up. Uh, so I hope they're gonna be okay. they're still they, I think they came right from uh, must they come right from Jenny's place where they, have, they were having the um, the bloody Mary's because they're um Jenny still has the same outfit on with the tie and uh yeah wow there's so little to say about this minute. Two people walk up to a gate. They think it's going to be locked. It's not. They go inside, and someone asks, "Is this the way to the crypt?" That's about it. Um, yeah, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe if he didn't want to be seen, he shouldn't have pulled right up to the gate like that, especially since the gate, the lock on the gate, and such is now broken. But hey, it's a howling film. You don't, you know, you know, we're not in for the logic. We're in for the howling, and there really ain't been much in this. But there was some in this minute, and the howling song started off, so that was nice. So. Uh, so let, let me go on to let me go on to New Moon Rising for you. That was like I said, uh, uh that, well, like like I said, it. Uh, that try to keep it shorter. Did I say that in this episode? I'm trying to keep these a bit shorter. So so that was succinct. Um, and I mentioned my stepdad. Rest in peace, Pop. Um, so uh, yeah, so we're going to Hounding New Moon Rising. I don't know. He's yelling at someone. They're line dancing. There's a drunk guy. I don't know. Something's happening. Uh, listen to this. Yeah. Oh. You want? Sorry, we're closing. Have to leave now. She's gonna make me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Does he know you? <laughs> he said plastic he wouldn't know his own mother, even if he went to the zoo. So something actually happens in this minute, and the minute ends with point, a point of view shot of something that's seeing everything in red, running through the desert. So, I think that might be our werewolf. Hooray! Finally! At the end of uh, 22 minutes. we Well, we haven't seen the werewolf yet, obviously. We're just seeing that image, which, which is actually kind of a cool image, especially because, you know, it cuts from Ted and that woman putting their arms around each other and walking back into Pioneer Town Palace there, Harry and Pappy's. And then all of a sudden it instantly cuts to that. And you're like, whoa, hey, what's happening? The camera's moving. So, something's going on. Uh, things are, what, huh, what, what's happening? The rest of the minute does look like something is happening. It looks like that, that, that guy who Ted saw in the previous minute, who he kind of looked at suspiciously, is the sleeping beauty at the table who he has to wake up. And he's almost rather meek about it when he does it. And then he points to the bartender, as the one who's going to throw him out, and as um, far funny, the bartender um, isn't—I don't think he's bigger than the guy um, who who who's, was asleep at the table—but he um, he's just kind of got that crazy biker look to him, and you know he's going to go nuts on you if he has to. So, and it it's—I I think I've said this before—the sort of every once in a while in movies like this, you get storytelling and, and plot points being placed and, and things being done in the way in a way that like it's almost done by like children you know when i used to write stories when i was very young when i first started writing stories back in second third grade when i was nine or so if you have to have something happen in the story you make it happen no matter how dippy it is you you make it happen and and that's okay because you're a kid but when you get better at writing then you learn how to finesse it you learn how to do it better so in this, in this case, the, the point of the minute of the scene is that Ted knows who this guy is. And basically, Clive Turner wants, wh- what he wants to have happen is, as the guy's leaving, he wants Ted to confront him. And when the guy yells out, w- what if I went there and told all your friends in there who you really are? You know, And he wants that plan in such a way so that Ted confronts this guy. And this guy yells this thing, and the people inside it hear it. And they send they send the, the one lady out and he says, Oh, don't worry, he he doesn't he doesn't know me. He doesn't he wouldn't know his own mom, even if he was at the zoo. <laughs> um but it's awkwardly done. And it's awkwardly done because it's um it's not like it isn't like the guy leaves and then Ted goes out a minute or two later, finds the guy, maybe the guy yells something that someone hears. Maybe someone's standing... like someone like I mean a better way to have done this was Ted could have been going about his business for a little bit. And then he said, oh, I'm just going to step out for some fresh air real quick. He steps outside for a moment, sees the guy walking away, runs up to the guy and starts to have a bit of an argument with him or something. And then someone else or one of the other people from the bar is maybe also strolled out to uh, talk to him or just to get some fresh air of their own and they hear the guy yell that and it's like what was that who was that oh I don't know I just saw him over there I was making sure he was leaving and he started just yelling at me you know something like that Um, but instead the way it's done is the guy leaves the bar Ted immediately follows him out and accosts him literally right outside the front door and starts to say what are you doing man why did you come up here hey I can tell your friends who you really are it's like Everyone's right there. Ted, let him walk farther. I mean, it's just it's 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 poorly it's poorly done, is what it is. He should have let the guy get some distance away and talked to him, not stopped him right there. I see what Clive Turner was trying to do. Uh, so a little more seeds of suspicion in some of the people who are suspicious of him. But it's very clumsily done, and uh, which is part of the the joy of the film. Like I said, that's like that's something like an eight or nine year old. Would write and um, it's fun to see it in a you know 35 millimeter film made by New Line that's part of a ongoing uh, well known uh, series of werewolf movies. <laughs> I could have you know what even if I was eight or nine I would have written it better than that. When you see it happen you're like really, and then when that guy starts to speak and all of a sudden it cuts to the people in the bar. Here here's. Well, they do hear him. I, I'm, I'm actually the first thing I thought when I cut to the people in the bar, and you hear that guy's voice, is I thought that they could they they couldn't hear him. I thought it was just cutting to them to sort of, you know, when he says, I, "You want me to tell your friends, blah blah blah," it was cutting to them to show the friends that he would tell. But when the lady comes out and says, "What's going on? Did you know that guy?" Then we're supposed to have heard that guy, but it's um. It's just awkward. That's the main part of the minute. I mean, apart from the racing through the um, the the desert thing in the end, but that's that's not the main part of the minute, kicking kicking him out of there, and then and then that awkward bit, which I quite like. I think it's amusing. So I, I won't go any further on this. I'm trying to keep it a little more exact, as I said. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, next time when we're back, um, more graveyard shenanigans and and possibly a werewolf maybe in in both of the movies who knows listen to this